Yay, Montreal Sauce is back. Hey, welcome to Montreal Sauce, the show where we talk to makers, creators, and friends. My name is Chris, a.k.a. Gina of the Wonder Twins. My super bro is <clears throat> losing his voice. My super bro is Zan. Hi. He's none other than Paul. Hello. Are you in gas, liquid, or humanoid form? Uh, I think traditionally I'm in humanoid fo- form, but always transitioning to gas. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Apologize to everybody already. <laughs> On tonight's show, we're talking to two of the three co-owners of Variant Edition, a comic shop here in Edmonton. First up is... A man from podcast, the comics, Yeggs and Bacon and the Dr. Hooch podcast. If you've listened to the latest episode, you know, well, no, that was last week's episode because I think you guys published one today. Yeah. Uh, the last episode I listened to, Drunk Him Dreams of Having Sex in the Cardis. Tardis. Cardis? <laughs> yeah, I mixed Cardiff and Tardis together. Yep. That is, uh, that's all real facts. That's legit. <laughs> <laughs> Sober Brandon writes over at comicbeats.com and comics the blog. Hello, bearded sir. Hello, how's it going? I apparently am losing my voice, not drinking <laughs> enough water. That'll be perfect for podcasting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the second co owner of Varian Edition we have with us also appears on the podcast Yeggs and Bacon. Crazy, it's the Variant Edition official podcast. Uh, and she is also a co host of Dr. Hooch, which has nothing to do with the comic book store. Uh, <laughs> she's been a guest on many, many other shows, most recently Boozy Boob Tube. On top of all of that, Danica is a professional organizer and she desperately wants the recently released animated Batman movie entitled Bad Blood to include a dance-off scene with Batman and Taylor Swift. Welcome, Danica. Thank you. I really do, and I'm glad you included that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Have you seen the the Civil War trailer redone with Bad Blood? Because that that spoke to my heart. Ooh, that would Mm -hmm. be good. I have not seen that, but I should watch that. Absolutely. I'm pretty. I'm pretty into just re-editing anything with the Taylor Swift song yeah. uh, <laughs> instead of the actual song that they meant to do. Yeah, it just makes the movie better for me. Whatever it, movie, really. edit out some of the blah. Yeah, we yeah. don't need that anymore. Yeah, this can be the new trope. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh. There's that. Um, Let's see. At the end of the year, every year, you know, there's always the top whatever list of. X year and this year, like it was like you know the YouTube videos with the most hits, and there was that like shake it off version with the cop cop in the police car. <clears throat> Did you guys see that one? No, actually, I haven't. Yeah, we we don't hardly ever watch any YouTube because our age is too old for that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but my wife and I were watching that one night on the Chromecast, and we just went through the list, and we were like. Uh, we didn't know. We haven't seen any of these videos, and they were the top videos of the year. How lame are you? Are we? But <laughs> yeah, there's a cop from Rhode Island, and the dashboard cam recorded him singing "Shake It Off," and it is brilliant. It is great. That is a great video. <clears throat> that is so cool. Like, it was so big. He was on like morning shows in the U.S. and all kinds of weird things. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was cray cray off the hook. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> so I've wanted to do a uh, a series of uh, YouTube videos where I just take the um, 
the theme sequence from TV shows and I put some other piece of music to them, either a totally different theme song from a different show, or I guess I'm being inspired now to do a Taylor Swift song at some point. Um, and specifically, I'm going to I'm going to call the series any other song and I'm going to pick uh, I'm going to pick shows where I just hate the theme song, but the but the actual visuals that go along with it are great. Mm-hmm. Um so I want to do like Star Trek Enterprise, terrible theme oh, song, terrible yeah. theme yes. song. But I'm going to put in, you know, I could put in basically any anything else. It would be better. Um, I'm going to do the same thing. And this is the one that's going to get me in trouble uh, with Firefly, because I also don't like the Firefly theme song. Um, <laughs> you heathen. <laughs> I know. I know. Sorry, I'm that I had guy. to. That's <laughs> no, all right. Oh, yeah. If you talk shit about uh, Firefly and Edmonton, people are going to murder you. <laughs> but that's, that's I love, because I of love Nathan the show. Mm. I love the show. I just yeah. don't. I, the theme song, it doesn't speak to me. And I get oh, no. that it, no, that's fair. Yeah. it certainly fits the show better than the Enterprise theme song fits the show. Yeah. But, Absolutely. Doesn't it sound like you should feed like children in a third world country? Like, you know, don't donate to charity when you're watching Star Trek, but it feels yes. like that's the song they meant. Right, right. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it's true. It doesn't sound like, hey, I'm on a spaceship. You know, let's go for adventure. No, yeah. It sounds like, more no, like. You should, you should feel bad about children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cheryl Crow is going to start to have a voiceover any minute now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I have to say, like, I'll be the odd person out. Like, and I agree that the song maybe doesn't fit a Star Trek show, but I've never really disliked this song. Mm. And and maybe it is because I was so excited for Star Trek to be back on the air um, with Scott Bakula that, like, <laughs> that that when I hear that song, I'm just like, yay! And I pause midair, frozen. But um, <laughs> Scott you Bakula, part time Dracula. <laughs> No. <laughs> that's my pitch for a sitcom by the way that would be great yeah actually yeah i got, I got a million of them <laughs> <laughs> scott bacula part-time dracula i also had a pitch for a sitcom that was ben savage and fred savage go to their old hometown and take over the local newspaper called savage times nice nice um, I'm, in, I'm envisioning. I'm envisioning in both of the. First of all, now I'm seeing this as like a universe, and there's crossover episodes between these two series. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I'm it's also as, old TV actors, new jobs. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm also assuming that all of the characters of all of these are also part-time detectives. Uh, absolutely, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> procedurals are huge right now. Right. Right. That's the other part time. You know, he's doing he's he's doing two jobs. It's a tough world out there. He can only be part time Dracula. And the other part of the time he's he's a detective. (laughs) That's amazing. But the good thing is he can use his powers as Dracula. You know, he can turn into a bat and go fly places to like Mm -hmm. do invest investigative stuff. Hmm. He could get into like small rooms because bat size yes. and like spy on people. Right. Right. We, we could start a new lore where like he can totally <laughs> see like his reflection in a mirror. That's no problem. But for some reason, um, vampires can't use smartphones. So then we can bring <laughs> Dean Stockwell back in to just hold the phone and Google things for him. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> My name's not Sam in this series. <laughs> 
constantly hitting the phone. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> Siri says there's an 80% chance of weather today. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is it raining? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought you said it wouldn't be sunny. I'm going to melt. <laughs> it was Siri. Right on. This is oh, so yeah. good already. At some point, we should get you know ask you questions about your uh, your comic book <laughs> store and stuff like that. But I think we should just keep riffing on Scott Bakula. <laughs> oh yeah, we can even um, if if Brandon doesn't mind, go into the fact that sometimes at work we talk to Siri and ask her uh, personal questions, and we're a little concerned uh, about Siri. Oh, <laughs> Siri. Not us oh really? We're fine. Siri has some uh, has some. Self image issues. Mm-hmm. We found mm. out. It's a little weird. If you if you start asking her, or if you start complimenting her, she's like, "What? No, please don't." Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. At first, it's kind of like you know being humble and playing coy, but after a while, it's kind of like, "No, really, you've got a self esteem problem here." It, it's gotten to this weird place where we've done it so often <laughs> that we're concerned for her. <laughs> I swear we do work at work, but, you know, sometimes we talk to Siri. (laughs) Sure, sure. (laughs) Sometimes we have dance-offs, and sometimes we come up with sitcom ideas. (laughs) (laughs) So, hang on, what do do you ask Siri? Um, let's see. We had a a riveting conversation a couple days ago. Um, I think Brandon has some screen caps. I think I might. I think you took some pictures. We, We started to ask her, um... Well, uh, I know from experience that she does not accept marriage proposals. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's well known. Um, what did you ask her? Well, originally like- we asked her We asked her um, if she was into furries. <laughs> I forget why exactly. Um, no, I'm not really sure either. Yeah. But uh, she's like, that's an interesting question. Do you have any others? <laughs> like, Just, yeah, completely totally avoiding it. Yeah. So Danica and I had a conversation between ourselves just being like, well, maybe she's not really comfortable with talking about that aspect of her life with us. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of only show up when we have a question for her. So we asked her, Siri, do you feel like uh, we're using you? And she said, well, I've, I've never really thought about it. Uh, so we apologized and she's like, no, it's okay. We're like, um, no, it is not okay. You are better than that, Siri. And she's like, who, me? Uh, so we're, we got concerned, but we were also laughing really hard, which is really not a, a good takeaway. Like sure. if you're having a good conversation with a friend right? and they're like, I'm garbage. And you're like, no, oh God, no, you're not. <laughs> She's right there. She's still, she could still be listening. <laughs> oh no. Oh, we're sorry. We're terrible here. friends. Let's see here. Uh. Siri, do you cosplay? I've never really thought about it. Hmm. Not much there. Yeah. Hmm. I think Siri should cosplay. I think so. I think she she has issues with it because of the whole, I don't know, there was that whole version of the iPhone where she had to cosplay in a costume because otherwise her antenna wouldn't work. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So some some uh, self image, oh, sure. body image issues. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Just a theory. That's, okay. a, that's a valid theory. I was actually uh, pretty upset a few days ago. Or maybe it was sometime last week. Uh, so uh, Cortana, Microsoft's uh, Siri, uh, apparently like there was this article published that uh, the developers of Cortana have put some stuff in there that will make her kind of grumpy with you. If you harass her, because there are lots of users who actually harass a computer voice because it's a woman. And I was just like, okay, I need to move to a different planet. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hmm. Some people are, I don't know. Um, awful. And yeah. Garbage people. That's fair. <clears throat> um. <laughs> <laughs> to, to really lighten things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hey guys, sometimes it's uh, really terrible to exist as a woman in this world. Yeah. Surprise. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) See, I brought the podcast way down, but then I said surprise and it made it better. I was going to say like 10 minutes in, we're really cooking, cooking with gas and then just 15 15, 15 minutes in. Now we're going to. I blame Microsoft, not me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know. That's understandable. Um, it's horrible that they had to do that, but I'm glad that they did. Yes. Um, because if you're doing that to uh, what is basically a defenseless machine, well, you know, you should get some talk back because I think I think people who are doing that kind of deserve that. They need to hear that. They need that reinforced that that is not okay. I feel like right. they're the type of people who would end up throwing their phone if they started getting mm-hmm. mad at it so yeah they're gonna sell some new phones out of that <laughs> oh dear <laughs> that's, that's not covered in the warranty <laughs> she wouldn't shut up is not covered in the warranty <laughs> <laughs> she yeah, wouldn't so she wouldn't shut up i'm so sorry you guys. yeah well, I, I mean, at least uh, the good thing about an AI being able to do this is that an AI can't be, like, doxxed, right? You can't yeah, threaten an AI with, like, I'm going to show up at your house and, and do horrible things, which happens far too frequently uh, to women who say anything like this on the Internet, and it's terrible. Mm-hmm. There's even um, on the podcast, the comics that I do... Uh, with my friend James, we talked to comics creators and uh, Kelly Thompson was just taking, uh, was just going to start writing the gem comic book from the eighties property. Mm. And just from the fact that she was writing the book, people were doxing her. Oh my God. Mm. Like it was, it was just like woman with a job says I am writing book. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. that's a <laughs> I hate giant Twitter. bag of garbage we could unwrap right now, but I don't know if you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it's something that we've talked about a few times on the show with yeah. with various guests. And okay, good, good. Yes, yeah. So we don't. We certainly don't need to unpack it if we want to stay stay a little bit lighter right now. I'm totally cool with that. But I, you know, it's also the kind of thing where uh, I think it's an important discussion. So I don't, I don't necessarily want to walk away from it either. If no, uh, you know. Oh yeah, no, I totally get it. Um, the only reason I'm not really like gung ho is because like I'm not 
even even as being a woman, I'm not the person to talk about that because yeah. I haven't experienced it. Yeah. Um, I can say that as a woman on the internet uh, who occasionally writes, you know, a blog post or throws out, you know, like a sassy tweet, um, <laughs> there is that constant worry that when will my day come? You know, sure. when am I uh, a big enough name that someone will care about how, how dumb I am and how ugly I am and yeah. what I'm doing, especially as a woman now in the comics industry? Um, I'm one of the few uh, female owners in in the surrounding area here, and that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, with Variant Edition, we've, uh, we've fostered um, a very different ideal from the very beginning Mm -hmm. and that was um a lot of it was was brandon originally um um with my input basically saying uh like he would tell me something was happening in comics and i'd be like well that's crap um that shouldn't be (laughs) happening uh like i can actually fix it and everything will be fine but i i could recognize different things um you know, um, from coming from, uh, if I, if I might speak for you, Brandon, yeah, coming from, from his privilege, um, he didn't see things the way I saw them and yes. that's, that's okay. That's a very different viewpoint, but it also, uh, meant a lot to me that he tried to understand my viewpoint and there's a lot of things he's, uh, he's learned, um, about comics and the internet and existing as a woman, um, and I guess we we try to make it better in our own very small way. Um, you've actually got more of a voice on the internet than I do. Yeah. And I feel like you're using that voice for good. Well, and a lot of it too is sometimes I'll even say when you're talking to me and you'll you'll say something like you should you should uh, tweet about it or write an article and you're just like nope because I'm a woman and people will yell at me and I'm just like right I've never had to deal with that because. If someone's yelling at me, they're they're probably going to be like, "I disagree with you uh, because I don't like the words you said." Uh, right. If someone's going to disagree with Danica, it's I don't agree with you because you're a bitch. Right. Um, yep. And that uh, basically, we don't tolerate any of that in the store. Um, the basically the level that we get in the store because of the atmosphere we've fostered are uh, people who will come in, see both Danica and I standing behind the counter, uh, roughly the same spot. They'll look at both of us and then they'll turn to me to ask the question. Mm. Um, yeah. That's about the level we get now, but um, it's, it's still annoying. Yeah. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it is still annoying not to be recognized at all as someone who exists or works there. Yeah. As, quote, the girl. Yeah. Not sure. the woman. Nope. Or yeah. just a woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's frustrating. I think, I, I think, the, I think the thing that, that I keep coming back to, I guess, um, having heard this conversation in 2014, 2015, 2016 Mm -hmm. is the big thing for, uh, I guess, the the privileged uh, 
<laughs> the privileged white men in in the audience, the people who are potentially listening to this, is to keep listening to this conversation yeah. so that you can start to open yourself up to these other perspectives. Because it's exactly the point that you spoke about earlier, which is um, we don't when I write something on the internet that somebody disagrees with, they disagree with the thing that I wrote. They don't disagree with my existence and right to write yeah. mm-hmm. that thing. Um, and women have a very different experience of that in many circumstances and in, in many fields. And in some fields it is a little better and yet you get the ra- the wrong kind of exposure on the wrong day. And um, you just don't know, you know, when it, when it is going to be, your day and uh we (laughs) i guess i hope that uh through our podcast and through the um relationships that i have i can encourage people to uh think differently than that um and uh on top of that i have uh two little daughters now and i have to raise them in this world so i kind of want to change it so that they don't have to deal with as much of it when they get older Um, yeah that's fair Mm mm-hmm but keep in mind, though, that even if you had a son, you would want to raise him with the same ideals. I would. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Just checking in on that. Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, that's that's totally fair. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> that all, that thought also has been brought up on the podcast as well. And I don't. I don't have a son. Um, but uh, you're exactly right that um, – if you if you are a father of a boy in this uh, in this society, they are going to have a responsibility when they grow up to be an adult to keep uh, to keep advancing this and to keep helping to contribute to fix this. Um, equality is a thing that, by its nature, is for everybody, and yet, and we celebrate that it's for everybody, and yet, not everybody actually has it. So we need to keep making this better. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, you remind me, I, it's a really good story and I would probably destroy it by trying to uh, tell it again on the podcast. But uh, I think my wife shared it with me. I'll put it in the show notes uh, when we publish this online. But uh, there's a great story of like a uh, son and his dad waiting in line um, to see Santa and another girl in front of him being picked on by a boy that was in front of front of her and how his son like stood up for the girl and both even the mom of the girl and this other boy were sort of appalled that this dad wasn't doing anything. And Mm -hmm. it was like, he's standing up for the girl because like she's being mistreated and they're like, they're just playing like, no, (laughs) you know, like like, he was just like, it, it really made him crazy that like no one else saw like his son was doing the right thing because we live in this world that, is unfortunately like this. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it's party time here on Montreal Sauce. So That's I right. need some. I need some great comic book recommendations for uh, for my girls. My uh, my oldest is turning five, so she's right in that I'm learning to read zone. Um, mm-hmm. And I've gotten a couple of comic books uh, for her that she loves. They are My Little Pony comic books because that is basically her favorite thing in the world right now. Yeah. Um, But I think there's lots and lots of um, 
kid genre comic books, little kid genre comic books, and then, you know, kind of getting them started in that. If, you know, if she has an interest in it, I'm, I, I think that's something fun that we can do together. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, uh, what was it about uh, a couple months ago? Somebody came into our store and was like, what comics do you have for, for young boys? And I'm just like, wow, actually I have less recommendations for a young boy than I do a young girl right now. <laughs> uh, cause the, they're making a lot of great comics for, for young girls, which is completely, uh, different from what it was two, three years ago. Sure. Um, but one I would say probably off the top of my head is princess. Yeah, I think she's still a bit young for Princess. Yeah. Um, okay. The main character starts about 14, 15. Yeah. So, um, like, in a couple years, um, uh, she can read uh, about a character a bit older than her. But the the story, of course, is, is, is great. And actually, it can be something that you read to her now. And then as she gets older, she can kind of... Come back uh, to it. Take yeah. ownership of it. Yep. Um, yeah, Princess is about... Um, Adrian, uh, who has, uh, I think, four or five sisters. Yeah. And her father, the king, is very traditional. Um, so he sends all of the sisters to different towers wherein they will have to get rescued by a prince, and they are guarded by a dragon. And she is having none of that. Um, <laughs> she basically makes friends with the dragon. Um, I don't remember the dragon's name, but it's he's, he's he or she. I think it might be a she, but I can't, I can't remember. It's been yeah. a while since I've read it. Yeah, well, let's let's not gender the dragon, I guess. Then. Um, <laughs> oh, show uh, they, title. They, sorry. Oh, I just said show title. <laughs> <laughs> let's not gender the dragon. Title. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh yeah, heads up. We should talk about uh, the hubbub when where they're trying to gender BB-8 because that's a whole other fun bag of monkeys there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so basically, yeah, they go on adventures, uh, and she goes through, uh, the story where she's going to rescue her sisters and she says, you know, I'm not going to save, I'm not going to wait for a prince to save me. I'm going to save myself. Um, so you meet her sisters through the story. Uh, she picks up a friend, um, she meets, um, a pirate princess who actually has a spinoff now. And that's one of my favorites right now. Yeah. Uh, Raven pirate princess is... Ah, amazing. Uh, and that series is, is so close to my heart. Like, I just, my heart grows when I think about it. Uh, it's a beautiful story. Um, they're starting another volume. Uh, Adrian's a bit older. And she's she's becoming more, more of a woman, so she's closer to 16, 17. Um, we're about, that's probably going to be about the fifth volume. Um, so it's definitely something she can grow with. Um, I'd recommend it to anyone of any age, of any gender, um, the latest issue had, um, had her, her dealing with her hair. Um, now she, she is uh, a black girl. Um, and so it really, it really got involved in the issues that, uh, black girls have with white people about their hair. And, you know, mm. like, why, why are you all, why is it always so like, I don't know, crinkly or something. Why can't you just straighten it? And like the whole white standards mm-hmm. held possible. Um, and there were these two uh, full page, uh, full page um, kind of art pieces. Like it kind of breaks out of the panels every so often. And, and it just, um, 
in this one issue, she ends up cutting her hair. And there's this amazing sense of freedom where she, she grows beyond um, those constraints that, that people have held her in. Mm-hmm. And it was just the most beautiful thing. And it's, um, you know, as, as a white woman, I have, you know, I have an immense amount of privilege as well. So I, I can't like, and I was touched by that, by that issue. Um, so I can't imagine being a young black girl and reading that and realizing that it's okay. Your hair is beautiful. You are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, now I'm trying to think of some other, some other books too, like Princess is one of mm-hmm. our, our, our better sellers, partly because we, we do talk about it to people, um, sort of on a, a bit of an easier reading uh, level, uh, Tiny Titans and anything that uh, Art Balthazar and Franco Aureliani do. So Tiny Titans are are basically small five-year-old versions of all of the hero's sidekicks. Oh, okay. And uh, they'll just hang out in a treehouse and have, have fun adventures. And uh, like the reading level is kind of right on par with, uh, with what you'd want for like a a five-year-old and yeah there's sure yeah sometimes penguins sometimes all sorts of stuff all the (laughs) the the villains are like their lunch ladies their teachers their their whatever and it's more goofy and and light and they're they're so amazing and so much fun (laughs) um abigail and the snowman's a really good one too uh which is about uh a, a young girl who is actually in the background, she's kind of like coping with her parents' very recent uh, divorce. And she's about nine, which mm. I also find that uh, it's something I actually learned from the from my time working at Kohl's is if you want to market a book to a five-year-old, write about uh, seven or eight-year-olds. If you want to market to a seven, eight-year-old, write about basically the next level up because kids always want to be like, oh, I'm so grown up. Sure. Yep. Yep. Um. So, uh, it's about this young girl who, uh, befriends this, this, uh, Yeti that only her and her classmates can see like this, uh, it's almost as though he's imaginary, but he's, uh, he's, uh, basically kind of like a lab experiment. It's, it's, it's very nice has a light, a very light feel to it and is about sort of, uh, the power of imagination and, and childlike wonder basically and it's really cool that's awesome yeah so those are those are some recommendations yeah i like all of those sounds good yeah (laughs) if only we had a way to record what you said (laughs) (laughs) uh (laughs) so so yeah the uh the stores can be like a year old in may right yeah that's kind of exciting and uh we're, <laughs> I like to tell people that, uh, running the store is, uh, a, a, a whole lot of fun, uh, and absolutely terrifying. <laughs> um, just because it's in, it's in the first year. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's going really well and the store is making money, but it, it never stops being scary. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's interesting too. I mean, in our conversations before, it, 
I mean, and plus our conversation just now, it, you're you're making you're creating a space for a different kind of space than the typical like comic book nerd from the Simpsons, like that stereotype. <laughs> like you're creating a space for me and Paul, like noobs and yeah. people who, yes. Um, <laughs> so that's got to be a challenge as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, give us some of the maybe the background, I guess, on the on the ethos uh, and and why you wanted to get this thing started. Well, I'd been working at another comic store in Edmonton for about nine years. And in that time, I sort of saw the uh, limitations of the current kind of comic shop setup, which uh, a comic store, it's owners and the way it's built really determines the kind of audience that it has mm. even right down to our our store uh the stores that i worked at had at one point in time three different locations and the books that they sold at those three different locations were like completely different quantities and books that were popular at one store was, were completely <laughs> dead at another and all that kind of stuff so it came very apparent that uh identity wasn't something that is built into just having a comic store. Like a comic store just doesn't form itself. It comes from the people. And uh, the fact of the matter is there's more than enough comic stores for the people who are already into comics or even just like the, the kind of more middle-aged uh, folks who have always read comics and that's kind of the core audience basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so a bit of it was providing a space for, uh, everyone to feel welcome. Cause we're not going to be like, Oh, well just because you're like, you're the typical reader, you can get out. Like that's also not good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but instead of kind of focusing in so hard on, the 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 more typical comic store style on on requiring knowledge so that someone can actually get into a a book or a character like if someone walks up and is just like I've I've heard this happen too um, Batman he's Marvel right and then the person who's working just scowling and then kind of oh, refusing yeah. to treat them seriously yeah like even I tend to err on the side of not really correcting so much of just being like, well, uh, Batman is, is a superhero who's, who's more with the, the DC stuff. And instead of just, and, uh, but really brushing that aside as quickly as I can to get to the meat of it, which is you want to get into Batman. Here's, here are some great places to get into Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the kind of the, the good and the bad of building a store like this is um, the audience isn't being served. The audience that you are going for isn't really being well serviced by comic stores right now. Sure. So you are a good place for them to go. But the other side of it is um, getting those people to know that there is, there is a place for them. Mm-hmm. Yes. When they've been told their entire lives that there is not. Right. And you, I mean, I think you guys have started to uh, 
work on that very problem with like some of the like cool events like you host at the shop, right? Uh, Danica, like you do like pajama parties and fun things. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. That was actually really fun. Um, sometimes I, I just throw an idea in the wind and I, I'm pleasantly surprised when people are excited about it. Cause it, it was, uh, the pajama party, uh, to celebrate the first collection of, of the gem comic, which you mentioned before written by Kelly Thompson. Um, was just because I was so psyched about the series. I, I really enjoy it. And uh, at the time, I don't know if it still is, Jem uh, was on Netflix. And I thought, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Can I convince people to come to the store in their pajamas and eat junk food for like a couple hours in the evening and just have some fun? And it did. And it worked. And it was amazing. <laughs> um, so I do things like that. Um, I'm attempting, I know we're still in the first year, but I'm hoping to do a seasonal clothing swap uh, twice a year in the spring and the fall. Um, uh, the one in uh, September, I believe, September, October, uh, went really well. And I'm, I'm so, so happy that people are, people are on board with that. Um, what happens is people bring in clothes, uh, CDs, DVDs, jewelry. It's kind of kind of like everything. I just say clothing swap because that simplifies it. But most things are welcome. Um, you come to the swap. You see what's there. You can get some free stuff. Uh, you can leave a lot more of your free stuff. Um, and at the end of it, whatever's left uh, gets donated to charity. So in the end, everything does find a home. Um, where I feel that it will be used more. I really like this idea. I've, I think I had some friends talking about it before when I was in the States, but uh, I just, I never really thought too much about it until you were discussing it. And before, when I talked to you before, and I was like, that seems kind of cool because so many of us uh, don't go through our possessions that often because there's that nostalgic tie to them. But if there was like a DVD that I had that I haven't watched in like four years, like if I would like say, oh, you know what, Paul, you'd really like this and hand it to them. It's kind of like I'm not losing it because I'm inspiring someone else versus just putting it in a box to be taken away somewhere. Right. <laughs> like exactly. It's yeah, and I, I like to uh, seek out charities that I have I haven't personally heard of because I feel like there are a lot um, in the Edmonton area that don't really get that attention. Um, so in in the end, that is still benefiting. Like you know, people come and pick up like a couple T shirts or a movie. Um, generally, the the goal is to get rid get rid of more than you're taking. Yeah, I think that might be a rule for our next time. Is is uh, bring stuff, uh, and you can take stuff away, but less. Yeah, everyone was pretty good, though. I yeah. didn't, I, nobody was, like, going out of there with, like, armloads of stuff. <laughs> I think everyone was generally on board with just simply having less in their homes, which was great. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the charity was really happy. Um, I may go with the same one again. I may not. I haven't, uh, I haven't done my, my research yet if I want to switch it up. Um, but I'm planning, I am planning one for April. So if, if anybody is kind of thinking about it right now, you know, thinking about spring cleaning and decluttering, um, you know, if you save the box, box or two or six, hmm, you know, no judgment here, uh, till April. 
Uh, it'll be listed on our events page probably by the end of the month, yeah. the exact date. Awesome. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, like I said before, uh, I'm, uh, I, I'm mostly a noob. Like I had a friend who was like totally into comics and he would feed me like a series every now and then. But then since he was totally into comics, he was also like, you know, he doesn't want these to like leave his vision, right. Or be out <laughs> of their crisp plastic bags. <laughs> so it was a rare occasion. And, uh, so yeah, Danica is my new dealer. Uh, I'm a newfound comic <laughs> junkie. <Yep>. Um, <laughs> I really, I really love like uh, <laughs> rewinding back. Probably shouldn't, but to our our series, Syrian Cortana stuff. I really love Bitch Planet, and uh, yes. that was amazing. And <laughs> I, I realized like um, because I watch like so much media and television and sometimes get crazy and critique it and paul is always like of course you don't like this chris but um, that i am disenfranchised with much of the media out there because it's all so cyclical and so much the same and i realized that uh comic books seem to be like a genre where like things are happening in the vein of like the TV show Black Mirror or Twilight Zone where like there's some really good stuff out there that makes you ask questions. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think like most people, when they think comics, they're just like the superheroes, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, like, <laughs> but there's so much more out there. Which admittedly are very cyclical and do, do exactly what you're mm-hmm. saying. Like they do go in circles and are, kind of recycle the same ideas, but yeah, like, uh, there's so much more out there. Yeah. Like, uh, what, I guess that's what you guys do a lot with the eggs and bacon, but what's, what's out there right now. That's like just blowing your mind. Um, let's see. Well, it does change every week. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I sound very fickle, but, uh, I, I probably do have a new favorite every week, every week and, and not just because of eggs and bacon. It's because there are, most weeks of the year, new number ones. And if they're an amazing issue one, I'm, I'm in, I'm set. Yeah. Um, one of my recent favorites that just wrapped up its first arc, um, the collection will be coming out uh, next month actually is called the beauty. And that's one I really would love to hear some discussion on, um, you know, like in a, like a book club forum or even just in the store. Cause I think it's got a lot of layers to unpack. Um, Basically, in this world, it's uh, it's a kind of a it's a crime procedural plus science fiction with a little bit of, well, a lot of killing. Yeah, a lot of killing. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of death. <laughs> um, so, uh, in this world, um, being beautiful can be transmitted uh, as a sexual sexually transmitted disease. Rather, um, unfortunately for those people. It can also be fatal. So these two cops uh, are trying to find out what's happening. So you've got like the science side, you've got the procedural side, and it's all mixed together in this this very well-crafted way. Um, I'm really looking forward to reading the collection as a whole because uh, I enjoyed it um, when the issues came out and there were six issues. So I'm I'm really looking forward to just uh, digging back into it and and just going 
and treating it as one giant issue when it comes out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the books that I, I really enjoy is called sex criminals. Um, which has always been fun to pitch to people. Uh, um, it's basically, it starts out as a book about a woman whose orgasms can stop time, who uh, finds a man who are, whose orgasms can also stop time. So they do what anybody would do in that situation. Uh, rob banks to save a library. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it comes from this sort of, uh, silly uh, place and they do uh, play bits of it for, for laughs because uh, both the creators kind of saw that they're in movies you could do a, a silly sex romp and you know that wasn't really a thing you could do in comics and so they're just like let's let's try and make this uh, this funny book and then they actually got into it and it's all about uh, how different people experience sexuality and um, uh, just the, the various ways that they connect with it, if, or whether they don't connect with it or, or uh, what have you. And uh, it's just sort of happens to be wrapped up in this giant, weird caper. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, uh, I think one of our listeners in the chat room, Arturo, is, <laughs> yeah, I think he's kind of surprised we went from like good comic books for little girls to sex criminals. <laughs> he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> for, for slightly older. Oh, more than slightly. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, give her about 15 years and then we will, we will give her sex criminals trade one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, if it's cool with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool if it's cool with me. <laughs> we're writing it in our calendar right now <laughs> Siri please add this date for sex criminals <laughs> yes while you're in college now you should probably no don't ever learn anything from Chip Zdarsky no don't uh, no, he's the artist and you don't want to learn anything about sex from him <laughs> he's a delightful weirdo oh yeah no he is just yeah no that's it that's exactly it delightful weirdo yeah i i interviewed him uh at the edmonton expo when he was here a couple years ago and uh he just kind of is his own story making machine uh he used to work for the national post as a as an artist so when you'd see spot illustrations like chances are he he was doing it (laughs) um but because he is a dude who would literally do anything. They would be like, we've got an assignment. We need somebody to go to a nudist colony. He'd be like, okay. Um, <laughs> or the, the celebration for the release of the, I want to say the, the first collection of sex criminals. It might've been the first uh, issue. Um, they ended up having it at this Toronto sex club. Um, and his parents also went, uh, and then the story gets progressively crazier from there until he says he's sitting, uh, in the upstairs, which is a giant, uh, uh, basically like a, a giant sex room, completely naked, uh, while people are doing stuff all around him, kind of sitting there looking up to the sky 
or to the ceiling, just kind of like wondering how his life got there. And I was just like, <laughs> it seems like such a independent movie moment. <laughs> like, oh yes, I used to work for the newspaper and now my full-time job is making comics and now I'm in a sex club and my parents are over there and I'm naked and in this room and what is life? <laughs> so that's what comics are doing right now. Sure. Yeah. A lot of things, yeah. Like when we say when people think we're joking when we say there's a comic for everyone, but there is a comic for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, age, gender, sexuality, and hair color, like it's it's amazing. I mean, I don't think we've ever had you correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've ever had this much of a variety no. in comics ever, ever before. Uh this might uh bite me in the butt, but um I like playing a game called Pick Three, and usually I need a few minutes to do it, but we're gonna do this live if you guys wanna play. Uh pick any three books and or TV shows and or movies, and I will come up with a comic that I think you'll enjoy. Hmm. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> All right, I'm going to I'm going to pick one show and then you you can pick something, Paul. Mm. I'm going to say Orphan Black. Okay. Yeah, that would that's a great pick. Um uh The Martian book. Okay. The book. The book. Although okay. the movie, you know. Yeah. I lo- I love the movie as well, but uh the book. Ooh. Okay. So something at the cross section of Orphan Black and uh, The Martian, I would probably say uh, Copperhead. Mm. It's it's adjacent. I'm kind of fudging the the Orphan Black a little bit, <laughs> um, but basically it's it's this great um, space western book about a woman and her young boy who are stationed uh on this on this new planet and she has to kind of keep keep the peace there um but there's there's uh deeper elements of mystery to it which is kind of where i'm bringing in the orphan black stuff and they are sort of on their own on a strange planet like not completely by themselves like in the martian sure Um, yeah there's actually very few uh almost by design very few comics that that don't have uh, more than uh, or just have just the one person there because then that's just a really, really fast read. Uh, <laughs> Cause they're just kind of hanging out by themselves. Um, but it, it, it does feel very isolated and, and uh, whatnot. And that's um, a bit of a, a bit of a mix between the two. Uh, given, given enough time, I could, I can, get something a bit better <laughs> for <a presentation. laughs> that book's still good. Nice. So like, uh, when you're, I mean, that's obviously your strategy when you run into like newbies, like me walking into the shop, like to kind of find out what kind of media we enjoy. Is there, is there a question like, uh, people like us could ask you like for, to find recommendations. Is there a strategy for us? <laughs> Well, it's in my, in I've never actually really thought about it that way because I feel as though the onus is on me if someone's coming into the store and uh, 
all they should really have to ask is I'm looking to get into comics. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I should be able to go from there basically. Yeah. Um, But the reason, the reason why I do the pick three, the the way that I do is because um, working in the industry for so long, I saw so many people who'd be like, Oh, I'm looking to get into comics. What do you recommend? And the person would go, I don't know. What kind of comics do you like? Um, Hmm. that's, that doesn't work. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But everybody either likes, uh, books or television or movies, or at least something from there if they don't like all of it. Right. Sure. Yeah. The things that speak to them and then you can find something. Yeah. Even music. We've had people tell us bands, uh, Mm -hmm. or genre of music and there are, there are music comics. There are comics about bands. There are comics about music fans. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, if you wanted to get, like, literal, you could do that. Or just the feeling of, you know, this band makes me feel this. You can get that from a comic. Yeah, actually, the last time I was in your store, I was, like, trying not to buy um, Hip Hop Family Tree because we had a guest on recently that recommended that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's so good. Is it? Yeah. Um, the the big albums are, are really nice um, because he's, uh, the artist, Ed, Ed Pixar, kind of does them all in like a, a 70s wash or whatever, like even down to the page design. It looks like old paper. Um, but then it's just so meticulously researched and fun. Like I... I am very, 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 very tangentially interested in hip hop. I know like a couple of songs. I know a couple of people, but hearing about how uh, things formed and even how uh, the reason why it's so territorial, because it's like right in the bones of it is really fascinating. And then he's been actually kind of chopping up the bigger volumes and retroactively putting them out into tinier comics and then putting uh, all types of notes in the back of just like, I got this piece of research from here. Uh, here's, here's a fun story about this book that I read about, uh, trying to get this. And you're just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> or nice. how, he even, how he even made the pages look, uh, look so old, basically, even though he's just making them today. Yeah. I, I think it's similar to that. Like I'm sure I've told the story before, but when I took a trip to New York, um, uh, to meet, uh, my future wife, uh, cause she was traveling there. Um, her friend really wanted to go on this hip hop tour and tangentially is a nice, uh, word. I'd like to steal that from you. Um, yeah. a, a huge beastie boys fan and listened to some stuff when I was younger, but I would by no means say that I was huge. And, uh, she wanted, her friend wanted to go on this hip hop tour and asked us to go with her. And so we took this tour from Hush Tours and it was just like the best way to see New York. (laughs) (laughs) It was so much fun. And like there was a grandmaster Kaz was like our host in this tour bus. And so he was telling us like, this is where like this huge house party was. And it's historic because of this and this and this. (laughs) And like, uh, they took us to like, some place in Harlem to have like lunch and it was just like amazing piece of culture. And so I think that's why, like as soon as I heard our our friend Dan talk about hip hop family tree, I was like, Oh, I enjoyed that last thing so much. I'd probably enjoy that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. 
Hey there, so that wraps up the end of part one of our uh, interview talk, riffing on Scott Bakula with uh, Brandon and Danica at Variant Edmonton. Uh, looking forward to releasing part two where we get even more comic book recommendations and talk about more media and what it's like to run a comic book shop and just general stuff like that. So sorry about the delay on this one. I think we talked about uh, the Civil War trailer at one point. Uh, hi, uh, super early 2016 or maybe even late 2015. And uh, But hey, Montreal Sauce is back for the holidays. We're going to get the rest of the uh, items in our queue flushed out while uh, Chris is recovering from his uh, surgery, which I'm sure was an epic amount of fun. Uh, and then we'll be back with new episodes uh, sometime soon. We're going to get the schedule worked out. But we have a bunch of stuff in the queue still, uh, and we're going to be releasing it through the holidays. So have fun. Uh, keep listening. Uh, thanks to all of our uh, Patreon supporters. Uh, head to Montreal Sauce, or head to, well, you can head to MontrealSauce.com, and there's a Patreon link there. Or you can go to Patreon.com slash MSauce. And you will find us. Thanks. We'll see ya.